There's actually a cool feature with the AirPods where you can actually listen to a conversation. Two tables down, if you're at a restaurant, you put them on and there's a setting. It amplifies the sound and it uses the mic on your phone to amplify that into your ear and you're able to listen in. Yo, T-Bone, did you produce this? Sounds good, right? My question is, why didn't they have this when I was... uh, in all of these countries <laughs> 10 years ago. My name is Joseph Assad. I'm a former case officer with the Central Intelligence Agency. And I have had many experiences listening to sounds using SIGINT, which is signals intelligence that we use in the spy world, if you will as opposed to human, which is human intelligence, in which we use people to collect intelligence. We use special gear, equipment, and very fancy machines to collect different types of data, decipher that data, and turn it into finished intelligence. So I'm quite familiar with how sound is used and how that is part of our tradecraft. Quite often, the adversary, for 10 years, that was Al-Qaeda, ISIS, and some of the terrorist organizations, they would use a very carefully crafted code. Listening in was one thing, but the important part of it is being able to decipher what you are listening to and how does that translate into intelligence that would help us to disrupt the plans and intentions of terrorist organizations. Terrorist organizations in places like Yemen for the longest time, they were referring to explosives as honey. So they would talk about honey and honey trade and honey moving. Yemen actually is the home of some of the best honey in the world. They are famous for their honey. And so initially people did not know, are they talking about real honey or are they talking about something else? Up until we figured out through a human source that when the bad guys were talking about honey, they meant explosives. They talk about notebooks. Well, a notebook is a passport. So they use different codes that took us a while to figure out. And without having a source in the inside of these organizations, it would be quite difficult to decipher what you're listening to. And they changed it quite often. The idea here is to be able to intercept a phone call, for example. You essentially want to create basically a man-in-the-middle scenario in which you are listening in to both sides of the conversation without alerting either side. Some methodologies that were used by some intelligence services is to essentially clone a cell phone tower. So if a bad guy is using you know, a cell phone to communicate with uh, with his subordinates or with other commanders. 
and let's say, you know, using an example in Iraq, they're using Zane network, which is a cell phone network. A good intelligence service can insert itself in the middle, and we also are called Zane. And oftentimes, instead of the uh, bad guys, uh, maybe he's in an area where he has two bars on his cell phone, we can give him a little bit of a boost and give him full bars to enable him to use the phone more often without disruption. What he doesn't know is that this is essentially a false flag cell tower, if you will, where it is an intelligence service that has created the network. It made it look like the legitimate network, and now all the phone calls of the subject of interest would be routed through the man in the middle. When you find out more about the capabilities of what the U.S. government or what uh, the British government or what the Israelis or, or the Chinese or the Russians, what they're doing to intercept, you would want to lay down your phone and bury it and never use it ever again. You realize very quickly that there is essentially not very many things that cannot be intercepted or decrypted. So there are two, two parts of... Oh, sorry. some sort of alert national alert this is a test of the national wireless emergency alert no action is required by the public when an alert goes like this absolutely the government has a capability to be able to to then figure out where did the alert go to where did it reach every cell phone user in the united states of america probably just got this alert kind of like going back to uh to what we were talking about earlier, about how the capabilities of the government are vast and scary. In terms of language, for example, with the Arabic language, there are two sides of it that was used in the Central Intelligence Agency and the CIA. We had to call sources, for example, to trigger a meeting. We have to use certain code, certain words, certain, we call them oral paroles. Oral paroles is a verbal parole that has been agreed upon between you and the source to make sure that you are talking to the source on the other end he has to respond in a certain way that would indicate whether or not he is under duress. Are you going to be watching the World Cup today? If his response was, No, I'm not going to because my favorite team, Milan, is not playing. If he uses the word Milan, that means he's under duress. But if he said, Absolutely, I'm going to watch. I would not miss any game for Barcelona. Barcelona means that he's good and that could trigger a pre-appointed, we call it a communications plan. And that is meet me Tuesday at 9 a.m. at the pre-agreed upon location. When you do that in Arabic, so oftentimes in some countries, you have to be in a public place and Back in the days where there was a lot more reliance on pay phones, 
And there are still some of those that exist in some of the countries. They're either pay phones or a call cabin in which you go pay a fee and they connect you to a certain number. If you're an American, if you're a Westerner and you are in one of these remote areas, you want to sound like a local. You don't want to attract attention. For example, several of my colleagues in one of the countries that we were in, even though they took Arabic as a second language, it was not their native tongue. They can't help the fact that they're 6'2", blonde, blue eyes, you know, from the Midwest. So I would go and help them to make these phone calls. Why? Because I have to look the part and I would walk in and even the language that I use, the, the, the accent that I would use would indicate that perhaps I'm a local and I'm nonchalant. The second part of it is, is how we listen in to the various dialects of Arabic. So we have a cadre of people as part of the U.S. government that are highly trained and do specialize in the various dialects, various accents, but that's not always perfect. Sometimes things could get lost in translation, literally. One example of that was in a country that has been redacted. It is in the Middle East region where the stakes were high. We were monitoring Saddam Hussein and the Iraqi movement of chemical and biological weapons. There was some intelligence suggesting that Saddam is about to relocate some of his fighter jets, some of his stockpile of biological and chemical weapons to other friendly countries in the Middle East region. I will never forget that day where the station chief where I was posted had asked me, could you please review a voice cut that a certain government agency had intercepted because it would have quite significant consequences to include waking up the president of the United States and to alert them of potential movement of biological weapons out of Iraq. The White House had such a high interest on any intelligence to the point that they told us they wanted even fragmentary pieces of intelligence. They want to get that. This was my first tour in the field. I was excited to be able to, to, to be included in a part where I get to listen to an intercepted conversation. And it was a phone call of a lady at an airport where one of those aircraft coming from Iraq was supposed to be landing shortly. And they said, listen to it again. You see, she is talking about biological cargo. And I listened to it again. I, I, I second-guessed my knowledge of Arabic. And I, I tried to feel maybe, maybe it's a different dialect that I don't know. The computer that I was using and the software that was used would allow you to cut out background noise, slow things down, change the voice slightly. Maybe you would hear things better, go faster, go slower. But the isolation was, was the biggest thing because you want to make sure that you're actually listening to her and that there was nothing in the background contaminating the sound. 
They thought that she was talking about biological cargo in a conversation. And that's why everybody was spun up that here we have an, an airplane that might be landing soon with biological cargo. There's a woman that is at the airport. Her geocords came up as she's located at the airport in this country. And she's talking about biological cargo. We had to evaluate it. So part of the evaluation before we hit the release button in which it goes and, and, and all uh, all kinds of alarms would be would sound in Washington and wake up the president and, and the National Security Council. We were doing the final evaluation before sending this intelligence. It has already been drafted. The report is ready to go. They're just waiting for one more double check. Can you listen into the conversation and just check it one more time before we release this? What I decided to do to put those sounds, if you will, into context is by listening to a longer piece of the conversation, not just the part when she's talking about the biological cargo. The context was she was traveling out of this capital city in a Middle Eastern nation and she had called someone asking them where does she go to get her boarding cart and then I played it again slower faster in different ways she's talking about boarding card with such a heavy heavy Arabic accent that the original officers that listened to this thought she was talking about biological cargo once again there was a bias in our minds because we were looking for biological cargo so you listen to what you were expecting to hear not what was actually being said in times of war when tensions were so high the pentagon also receives this information there is potential for an aircraft, particularly if it's a military aircraft that we believe to be transporting chemical or biological weapons, it could be shot down. I heard explosions in Iraq. And that is the most gut-wrenching sound that you'll ever hear. And in, in, in the year that we spent in Iraq, that was the most awful, awful sound often they used VBIADs we call them vehicle borne improvised explosive devices and sometimes they were truck bombs laden with hundreds of kilos of explosives and that literally shook the entirety of the green zone you could hear it and you knew there goes a hundred people 150 people that just died. In Iraq, I hear immediately what I think of as helicopters. Our compound was right next to LZ Washington, landing zone Washington. And constantly, day and night, particularly at night, you hear the Blackhawks landing and taking off. You hear the Chinooks landing and taking off. It became, you know, too familiar of a sound. Yeah. 
you heard a whistling sound that sent chills to your body and that was the sound of rockets and mortars flying overhead before they exploded. I never experienced that in my life to actually hear the actual missile, a rocket flying overhead just a couple hundred feet over you, targeting the building or the next location to you in Iraq and then seconds later, split seconds sometimes, then you hear it explode. We became familiar with that whistling sound because it's like something rattling, flying overhead, and you knew that that was no good, that something bad is about to happen. Even at the times when I was, when I was in Iraq or Afghanistan, those sounds, they sent chills to your spine because you knew that there was a sortie, that there was something out there, that they were launching an attack on a target. When you heard that, you knew immediately, yep, the planes are taking off, they're about to do something. I used to think of the cheesy commercial on AFN. AFN is the American Forces Network. That's the satellite, that's the TV that we got in some places where we did not have Netflix, right? And there's a commercial of a father and a and son standing together and a fighter jet, an F-18, comes by and roaring. And the son goes to say, Dad, did you hear that sound? What is that? He goes, son, it is the sound of freedom. <laughs> With the development of AI, with technologies, even voice recognition could be faked. Am I really talking to my source or is it a Chinese intelligence officer on the other end and they are able to engineer a voice that's similar to my source? The development of AI, I think, is gonna revolutionize how we do intelligence because it's going to force us to do things that are more creative. It's going to push us in areas where we have to depend a lot on more tradecraft, develop you know, additional ways to vet the sound. How do you vet the sound is going to be an area where the CIA, the NSA are going to be heavily focused on, I think, in the next uh, 10 to 20 years. I'm worried about how easily manipulated sound is today. This is just the tip of the iceberg. That's what scares me. If that's the tip of the iceberg, what is to come? When I can fake somebody giving a speech, when I can fake a signal, when I can fake a sound, when I can fake news and information, and make it look like Donald Trump just declared war on a nation. How the impact of that on, 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 on the economy, on Wall Street, on everything. It, it's quite worrisome.
Yes, that is worrisome. Thank you to Joseph Assad. And thank you to Ash Clivery, who recorded, produced and sound designed this episode. If you enjoyed it, then, you know, a way you can say thanks is by leaving a review, giving us a rating, subscribing, telling your friends about us. A lot of love goes into these podcasts, as I'm sure you can hear. So we want to reach as many people as possible. Another good way to say thanks is to go to tbone.productions and check out the merch. We'll be back next week with another amazing episode. I'm really, really excited about next week's episode. In fact, it might come out later this week if it's ready on time. We just seem to like putting them out as soon as they're ready so you can hear them. Thank you once again for listening. Yo, T-Bone, did you produce this? Sounds good, right?